This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. There are scattered snow showers in central Minnesota this morning. The National Weather Service Grand Forks office is calling for colder conditions with light snow today. The combination of light snow and gusty winds has resulted in slick roads in many areas. A quiet weekend is in store. Highs generally across the region in the 20s and low 30s. USDA cut soybean exports by 35 million bushels in Thursday's supply-demand report, increased seed usage by 1 million bushels, cut residual use by 1 million bushels, resulting in a 35 million bushel increase in ending stocks to 315 million bushels. USDA lowered the season average soybean price by 10 cents per bushel from last month to $12.65 per bushel. USDA pegged U.S. corn production at 15.3 billion bushels in the report yesterday, unchanged from January, with a national corn yield of 177 bushels per acre. Corn demand was lowered 10 million bushels to 6.8 billion. Ethanol usage forecast at 5.4 billion bushels. Total domestic corn use estimated at 12.4 billion, down 10 million bushels from last month. Ending stocks increased by 10 million bushels to 2.2 billion. The season average corn price unchanged at 480 per bushel. USDA left wheat exports unchanged from last month and dropped demand by 10 million bushels in the supply demand report. U.S. wheat ending stocks raised 10 million bushels to 658 million. World wheat production was increased slightly to 785.7 million metric tons, with world ending stocks down slightly from January at 259.4 million tons. The season average farm gate price for wheat unchanged from January, $7.20 per bushel. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heinberg says now that the USDA reports are behind us, traders will be watching for news out of next week's USDA Ag Outlook Forum. Well, next week we got the USDA Outlook Forum coming out, and they'll give us those baseline projections for the next year. That makes me a little bit nervous, especially for corn. You know, that trend line yields give me that 181, 182 window. You know, I don't know what they're going to put on for an acre estimate. Again, those are budgetary numbers they put together, but that's going to put a fairly big carryover into the end of next year, so that's something that may weigh on the corn market here, just that that mindset of continued growing supplies. We get past that, then now the market will really start focusing on the acre battles. You get ready for the March intentions report, you know, in terms of those acre and planting intentions going into the spring. Watching exports and demand is a high priority. This is a demand time frame. We really need to focus on demand. That's one of the things weighing on soybeans. We had two weeks of export sales below expectations with this week's number. Corn is in a window now. We need to see corn bushels moving. We saw a decent number of sales again this week. We had that reported sale to Columbia. So that's going to be very key here is that we see some more corn demand. Really, that's going to be the news that's going to drive this market is going to be these export numbers, these export announcements and sales that are going to be going forward here over the next handful of weeks. After six days of trading this month, the average price of corn is at $4.76 per bushel. That's down nearly 20% year over year. Soybeans are at $11.76 a bushel, down 15%. 
Spring wheat's at 707 per bushel, down 20% year over year. These prices are tracked throughout the month of February to determine crop insurance values. The South Dakota House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee is considering legislation to place restrictions on foreign ownership of farmland. South Dakota Ag Secretary Hunter Roberts testified in favor of the bill. I can give a personal example of why I think this is an issue and why I'm concerned. Um, in 2022, uh, the, a Chinese delegation reached out to the Department of Ag and Natural Resources and wanted to meet with me, wanted to meet with the Governor's Office of Economic Development, and requested that they, we give them tours and help facilitate infrastructure meetings with grain elevators, processing facilities, and ag producers. Um, trade relations were fine at that point, but there was other some geopolitical concerns, so we decided not to have the meeting. The Chinese delegation still came to South Dakota. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security followed up with state officials. Well, the rest of the story is that uh, Homeland Security told the governor's office and Department of Public Safety that these were Chinese spies with, with a couple communist members. They're taking inventory, they're seeing what we do, and they do not want to use it for our benefit. No one spoke in opposition to that proposal. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Sugar beet growers have had an early harvest crop insurance adjustment since 2019. AgroLogic Consulting President Cliff Park says this mandatory adjustment is being converted to an optional format. There were some growers who didn't care for the way that operated, so the ultimate decision was made by the industries like, hey, we'd prefer to have this as an option where the growers that would gain a benefit from it because the beet industry is a very diverse uh, group of uh, growers in different locations. Some areas it made sense, other, other areas it didn't as much. So essentially make it an option where one grower can select it, another grower can opt not to and just give that flexibility in the program going forward. In the transition from a mandatory adjustment to an optional one, beet growers need to update their yield history from 2019 to 2022. Make sure the actual production in each of those years, 2019 to 2022, is updated in their yield history. And then they can also record uh, in that yield history with their crop insurance provider uh, any kind of early harvest that was done. So going forward, uh, by sales closing date each crop year, the grower can elect to uh, have the early harvest adjustment coverage for that year, which would bump their guarantees up a little higher. Or if you have some growers that prefer not to have that, they can uh, bump it down to just what their actual average harvested production was. Inflation has dropped from a peak of 9% in June of 2022, but it's still above the Federal Reserve's 2% goal. In an interview with the Bullpen Report on the Red River Farm Network YouTube channel, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi said Wall Street is still holding strong. See, the Nasdaq's at all-time highs, the S&P's not far behind it, and the Dow Jones isn't far behind it. You'll hear people talk about the Russell Index or other things nowhere close to it. But uh, the economy's on fire, uh, the labor market's extremely tight, and so inflation, Don, isn't exactly going away but the fed may have pulled off one of the wildest things ever they raised rates as fast as they did as intense as they did and nothing bad actually happened now the american farmer who's operating note tripled they're not happy about it and any business owner who's dealing with money that's three times more than it was isn't happy about it with the election and global uncertainty grisafi said buckle up because this one's going to be a wild one 
Minnesota Pork Congress will be held next week in Mankato. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota Pork Congress will be held at the Mayo Clinic Event Center on February 13th and 14th. Minnesota Pork Producers Association Director of Events and Promotions Pam Vocal gives details. We start right away at 9 o'clock in the morning. On Tuesday morning we have a couple of different trade show floors and lots of exhibitors. So lots of opportunity to see new technology and new products that are coming out, as well as we have seminars then that are happening both days too. There's a wide range of speakers and topics that will be taking place there. Seminars will cover a variety of topics important to Minnesota pork producers. For our seminars, we have topics that cover things such as PERS. We also have uh, domestic demand that we're talking about. There you know, just some te technological advances in the pork industry and, and you know, what are we doing with some of that kind of thing. Uh, we have a uh, market outlook that will be happening on Wednesday morning, uh, some traceability information. So there's just a wide variety of topics that will be covered at Port Congress. Annual meetings for both the Minnesota Pork Producers Association and the Minnesota Pork Council will be held a day ahead of the event. So on Monday, uh, February 12th, is our annual meetings for our Minnesota Pork Board and Minnesota Pork Producers Association. So any farmers out there that would have interest in definitely attending both of those, you are more than welcome to be there. It's a great opportunity to come in, ask questions about what's been going on, what's happening, what the organizations are doing to help farmers and to improve things. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. U.S. Class 1 railroads originated 25,000 grain car loads during the last week of January. That's up 32% from the previous week, but down 11% from last year. The average February shuttle secondary rail car bids were $584 above tariff for the week ending February 1. That's $72 more than the previous week and more than 800 bucks higher than this week last year. USDA's Grain Transportation Report says the rate for shipping a metric ton of grain from the P&W to Japan was 31.50, unchanged from the previous week. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Farm Business Network has announced updates to several programs and partnerships that include increased sustainability and supply chain efforts and regenerative financing offers for farmers. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. I'm speaking with Farm Business Network Head of Sustainability, Kurt Alice. Kurt, some big news releasing today from FBN, including an update to their gradable platform and some uh, partnerships and supply chain programs. Uh, what has you guys most excited over there at FBN? Uh, what can you tell us about these updates? We're really excited to announce that we've had about 3,500 farmers participate in our programs. This past year, farmers can earn up to $25 an acre uh, for things like cover cropping, conservation, tillage, improved carbon intensity scores in our programs. Uh, we partner with large agribusinesses like Poet and ADM to basically provide the technology infrastructure uh, to facilitate passing along ecosystem services claims from farmers to these groups. What are some of the benefits for farmers who have been working with FBN on some of these programs? A lot of the practices that are being rewarded in these programs aren't new. Cover cropping, conservation tillage, improved nitrogen efficiency, and a lot of them have been supported by, you know, local programs from the NRCS, federal offerings, 
uh, for a long time. But really, what we're starting to see is private market interest and interest from downstream markets with a larger willingness to pay for these practices. These practices, for the most part, you know, already benefit things like soil health, uh, buildup of soil organic matter, impacts to water quality, um, a whole host of things that are good for the farm long term. Uh, but what we're seeing is that now there's there's more money in it. You can connect not only the, the benefits to your ground, but also the benefits to your business. So really, if a farmer is already performing uh, best operations or best practices, uh, it would benefit them to reach out and to look into some of these programs, put some money in their pocket at the same time. Yeah, and, and that's, that's an important thing to acknowledge in the program, right? There isn't requirements of adoption of new practices here to receive uh, rewards. Farmers that have been doing these practices uh, for a while, early adopter types, they also can get rewarded. That was Kurt Alice, Head of Sustainability for the Farm Business Network. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets, Minneapolis wheat down one and three quarter cents at 682 for the March contract. Chicago wheat two higher, KC wheat down five and three quarters. March corn down three cents, 430 and a quarter. March soybeans down nine and a quarter as we speak at 1184 and a quarter. On the farm calendar, Ag Country Farm Credit Services with its Ag Focus meeting today at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. Uh, things start around 9 o'clock this morning. Jim Wiesmeyer from, uh, with an Ag Policy update right away this morning. Uh, they're going to have a look at managing risk and weather also on the agenda today. And for NDSU, it is the little eye going on uh, today and tomorrow in Fargo. Have a great day. Stay warm. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thank you.